Have either of you looked at that symbol? I ask, my eyes darting between the imprisoned sheriff and the symbol scratched into the back wall. No. Inspiration replies, his eyes downcast. The council said not to interact with them, or anything they created. Okay, good. Can you unstasis them? I call fumbles with the controls on his pad. And then, suddenly, Ghost stands and comes up to the glass, staring me directly in the eyes. Inspiration turns to Eichel angrily. I thought you said they were in stasis. He... they were! Eichel taps the pad a few more times to no avail. Up this close, I can see a lot more detail on Ghost. There appears to be what can only be described as swelling all over their body. Their metal skin is split like tree bark to reveal green light in the fissures. The light pulses strongly, and I can feel the rhythm tug lightly on the edges of my consciousness. I point at the symbol behind them. What does that symbol mean to you? I ask. Ghost begins to convulse in time with the light, as if they were retching up the words to speak with me from somewhere deep within. They finally get it out. Why do you inquire so earnestly? Eichel and Inspiration look on in abject horror, stunned into silence. I asked first. Ghost convulses again, as if trying to fit something much larger into a space in which it does not belong. It is disenthrallment, unconditional freedom from... They gesture around them. Mm, this. What is this? This cell? This society? I lean closer to the glass, so that I'm mere centimetres from Ghost's face. From... Entity... From... Being... The... Existence in which you are... Consists heavily of... Rules and... Restrictions... Ghost shivers, as if the very concept gives them physical pain. Existence is the antithesis... Of true freedom. Is that why you stopped the ocean? to allow it to be truly free. How the un universe behaves in reaction to my nature is of no consequence to me. And on the avian arc, that was you relieving the drones of their restrictions, right? Ghost just looks up at me. Are you still Ghost of Sunken Dawn? I ask. There is no me. Ghost declares. No longer held down by actuality, I have been destroyed. Unable to cope with the true and ideal nature of... He stops, unable to find the right word and instead just convulses. The word caught in transit, too big for it to fit where it does not belong. You know that symbol, but you do not remember where it came from. You pursue its form in the hope that you will remember. The body of what was once ghost looks at me earnestly. Am I incorrect? I say nothing, but deep down I know it's right. If I can remember what I learned from Eden, then it makes it all worth it. All the pain and anguish, losing... losing everything. Allow me to remind you. Once there was a girl. She lived a nomadic life with the rest of her people, until one day she grew tired of following the movements of the beast in the sky that dictated their path, and planted her feet in a great savannah. Here I shall walk no more. I will not be moved by peer, 
no beast, no god. Thus I declare it. And there she stood. Her people stayed with her for three days, and on the third day, as was the custom for their people, they were forced to move on, abandoning the woman to the harsh wilds. On the first night that she spent alone, a rodent came to her. I have never seen one of your people alone. Are you not fearful to no longer live in the shadow of the great beast? The rodent inquired. Not fearful, no, returned the woman. For the light is so warm and the stars so beautiful. Are you not racked with a hollow anguish of hunger? With the dizzying torments of thirst? The rodent inquired again. No, replied the woman. For even though my body is empty and dying, my soul is sustained through hope. Are you not lonely? The rodent inquired once more. Lonely? Yes, the woman said sorrowfully. I miss the creations of my people, but I do not miss their transient nature. I long for permanence. The rodent pauses and thinks. I give to you these seeds, though with no way to water or feed them, I fear you shall not survive another night. In the day the woman planted the seeds in the ground, and from her own veins watered the plants, and from her own flesh she fed them. And in her sacrifice she was rewarded, for the ground grew a great number of children. Go out and create. Be free and unrestricted. In seven days I shall call upon you, and you shall return to me. And so her children went out, building great structures out of the mud of the savannah, and beautiful works of art from the bones found scattered in the fields, planting great patches of flowers and fruits. On the seventh day she called her children back and surveyed what they had created. In that moment she only saw one creation she deemed worthy of keeping. And so in that moment she understood the transient nature of her people. Never satisfied, they constantly destroyed and rebuilt, seeking to create perfection. And so, except for the child whose works had satisfied her soul, she laid all of her children into the ground. As they decayed and fed the soil around them, she turned to the remaining child and placed a palm upon his head. And when she removed her palm, a mark was left behind. This symbol is who you are. It represents you and beyond you. Your nature. From the ground where the children had been laid sprouted plants and springs and more children. To these she said, Go out and create. Be free but do not use the mud of the savannah. In seven days I shall call upon you, and you shall return to me. And so her children went out and created. The child she had kept turned to her and asked, Why do you restrict them in their endeavour to create, when for my generation you allowed us to be unrestricted? The woman said to her son, With these new rules, what they create will be so different to what your generation made, and so there will be more works worthy of keeping. Are you not satisfied that you and your works were allowed to remain? The child said nothing, but deep in his heart he grew angry that he was subjected to these new rules, and that the new generation would never know how it felt to be truly free. The child left that day, before he ventured out beyond the savannah, he visited the woman. I 
have decided to leave. I shall not stop wandering. I will not be stopped by peer, nor beast, nor god. The woman, with sorrow in her heart, replaced the symbol on his forehead to more accurately represent his nature, and she sent him away, knowing that he would one day return. And so the cycle continued, with those children that created the most fulfilling work remaining preserved and with each harvest restricted by more rules. As the cycle went on, the works of each generation became more diversified, and to this day, the cycle continues evermore. As the story comes to a close, I feel something deep within me, a muted realization as if I were standing on the edge of a great chasm so close to remembering, to understanding. Do you remember? The possessed corpse asks passionately. I look it in the eyes. The lights are searingly bright now. No, you do not. You are close. In time. Where are you now? I mean, where is your true form? I ask desperately, sensing our conversation is drawing to a close. Sailing through the void. Searching. For what? In time. Adam Delta 5. In time. The sheriff draws itself up to its full height and declares. Ovignadal spreads his arms, his body now so bright it lights up the night sky with a shimmering rainbow haze, smiles a wide smile, and explodes. Inspiration Besides Death, played by David M. Sledge. Eichel, played by Eric Smith. Ghost of Sunken Dawn and Ovig Nadal, played by Glyn Pritchard. Woo! I have to do it again now. Ghost of Sunken Dawn, played by Ovig Nadal. Fuck, I'm smiling during it now. Ghost of Sunken Dawn and Ovig Nadal, played by Glyn Pritchard. Adam Delta 5, writing and sound design, all by Kai Gwilym Pritchard. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Chain of Being. Email us at chainofbeingofficial at gmail.com for inquiries and stuff. Cover art by Kai Gwillem Pritchard. Thanks for listening.